You would just help me and uh, help me help me to be a blessing to your uh, dear people. They're taking time out of their schedules to be here on Monday night. Lord, I pray that you would uh, bless the time we have, that we could learn from your word. We love you, Father. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're there in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and we've been going through a study on uh, Sunday nights through Hebrews 11, and we've been going through a lot of different characters and preaching about that. And I kind of just want to remind you, last week, if you remember, we talked about the faith of Enoch, and I, I don't, I don't usually do a lot of review when I'm doing a series. I just kind of move on, and if you missed it, you can catch up on the website. But I, I want you to see uh, something because it kind of leads into tonight's sermon. And if you look at verse uh, Hebrews 11, verse five, the Bible says, "By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had the testimony that he pleased God." Now I know you've got your place in Genesis six, and maybe stick your bullets in there, or or a bookmark, or a ribbon there, and. Uh, Go to Jude, which is right before the book of Revelation. Jude. And I just want to remind you, uh, last week we were studying the faith of Enoch. And if you remember, what we learned about Enoch from the book of Genesis, and what we learned about Enoch that was so uh, amazing about him, is that the Bible says that he walked with God, and he so pleased God, that God decided to translate him and to bring him home early. And we found out in Jude, are you there in Jude? There's only one chapter, right before the book of Revelation. Verse 14, the Bible says, And Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these. So here we have Enoch's sermon, and he prophesied, this is what he talked about, this is what he was burdened about. He prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints. And we we talked about the fact that Enoch had this mindset of the fact that the Lord was coming back. And he was coming back, in verse 5 it says, to execute judgment. And and we talked about the fact last week that there are judgments that we're going to go through. And Christians are going to go through what's known as the judgment seat of Christ. And at the judgment seat of Christ, you're not going to be judged for your sins. You're not going to be judged of whether you should go to heaven or not go to heaven. The Bible says if your name is written in the book of life, you are going to go to heaven. Okay, at the judgment seat of Christ, we will be judged for the things that we did in our body. And we talked about the fact that Enoch lived his life every day. He would wake up and he would think of this, this idea, what I do today will be judged by God. And as he lived his life in view of the fact that one day what he did on Sunday morning would be judged by God, what he did on Sunday night would be judged by God, what he did on Monday morning would be judged by God, what he did every day, and what he said every day, what he thought every day would be judged by God, it caused him to walk in a certain way that pleased God. And he lived his life with that judgment of one day I will stand before a holy God and be judged for the things that I did in my body. Now you say, well, Pastor, why, why are you re-preaching that or why are you going back through that. Because tonight we're going to look at Noah who also lived with a judgment in mind but it was a different judgment. And Noah had a different judgment that he kind of had there uh, to think about. And if you go back to Hebrews chapter number 11, look at verse number 7. And I'd like you to just see it. We're just going to take a few notes and look at a few things of the life of Noah and we won't be very long tonight. Hebrews chapter number 11 if you look at verse number 7, the Bible says, by faith. Now you got to understand, this was an act of faith. What we're going to read about Noah was an act of faith. The Bible says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. Now that's why this was faith. 
Because remember we talked about when we started this series, we talked about the fact, the Bible says, now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So in order for us to take a step of faith, faith is when we act upon or we believe upon God's word without any physical evidence, without being able to see anything. And the Bible tells us by faith, Noah being warned of God, so he had heard the word of God, God had warned him, but notice, it was of things not seen as yet. Now, obviously we're talking about the Noahic flood here. And the fact that God said, I'm going to destroy the earth. And uh, go back to Genesis chapter number 6 and look at verse number 11. Let's just look at that kind of closely tonight. Genesis chapter number 6. The Bible says, Genesis 6 verse 11. If you kept your place there, Genesis 6 and verse 11, the Bible says, The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. Skip down to verse number 17. And behold, I, even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein is the breath of life from under heaven, and everything that is in the earth shall die. So here God comes to this man Noah, and he warns them, the Bible says, of things not seen as yet. Now some people believe, and and, uh, to be honest with you, I don't have an opinion on this, it doesn't matter to me either way, but some people believe that Noah had never seen rain before, because the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2 that a dew would come up from the earth, and they believe, some people believe that before the Noahic flood, there had, it had never rained, and they believe that there's a canopy and all sorts of different things. I, I don't know if that's what that's talking about, or just the fact that nobody had ever seen a worldwide flood, but whatever it was, Noah had never seen what God was describing, but Noah acted upon that, and he believed what God said, even though he'd never seen it. That's why the Bible says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Now, you've got to understand this. You say, well, what does this have to do with us tonight? You need to understand that in the same way that Noah was warned of things not seen as yet, the Bible has warned you and I of things not seen as yet. Can you go to Second Peter chapter number 3? 2 Peter chapter number 3. Now, the, the, the story of Noah in the book of Genesis, if you're interested, spans over three chapters. So you go through Genesis 6, 7, 8, and we learn about Noah. And when you get to the end of the story of Noah there, you'll find that God said that He puts His bow in the sky, as a symbol that he would never destroy the earth with a flood again. God promised that there would never be another worldwide flood that would destroy the earth. But you need to understand that. This, that promise does not mean that God's not going to destroy the earth. That promise simply means that God is not going to destroy the earth with a flood. But the Bible tells God is not going to destroy the earth with water. But the Bible tells us that there's coming a day when God again is going to destroy the earth. But this time he's going to destroy it with fire. Are you there in 2 Peter chapter number 3? Look at verse number 10. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10, the Bible says, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Notice this. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein 
shall be burned up. And if you study the book of Revelation, you find that God brings down a new heaven and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. But before he brings down, before he makes that new heaven and new earth and that new Jerusalem comes down, he destroys this heaven and this earth and he burns it up. So you got to understand, there is coming again, just like there was for Noah, a time when the world will be destroyed. For Noah was with water. For us, it will be with fire. But here's what you got to understand. None of us have ever, we've never seen that. I don't know about you, but I've never seen fire fall from heaven and destroy anything. But the Bible says it's going to happen. God says He's going to do it. Now, even more than that, but you're there in Second Peter, just turn to Revelation, the last book in the Bible, Revelation chapter number 20, and look at verse number 11. Before God even destroys earth with fire, before God even destroys this planet, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, we've seen these verses before, but I want you to see them again. Revelation chapter number 20, look at verse number 11. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was not there was found no place for them. Now, if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that Enoch lived with this idea of the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment seat of Christ is that judgment where believers will stand before God, before the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will be judged, the Bible tells us, for the things done in our body. But that is not the only judgment mentioned in Scripture. There is another judgment that is known as the great white throne judgment. This is what we're talking about. Verse 11 says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth earth and the heavens fell away and there was found no place for them and I saw the dead small and great stand before God and the books were open and another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged out of those things which are written in the books according to their works and the sea gave up the dead which were in it and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire this is the second death and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. See, God went to Noah and said, Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth. He said, I'm going to judge the earth. He said, you've never seen this? You've never seen anything like what I'm going to do? But he said, I'm going to do it, Noah. Do you believe me, Noah? And the Bible tells us by faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. But you need to understand this. You and I have also been warned by the same God that there is also coming a judgment. One day, I've never seen it. You've never seen it. He's going to destroy the earth with a fire. But this time, there's no second chance. This time, there's no continuation of this earth. This time, he's getting rid of this earth. And before he gets rid of this earth, he's going to take every unbeliever and he's going to judge them. And he's going to open the books and he's going to open the book of life. And the Bible says, whosoever was not found written in the book there was cast into the lake of fire. They get thrown into the lake of fire forever. And we preached about that before and I don't have time to develop all that. But you need to understand this. In the same way that Noah was warned of things not seen as yet, you and I have been warned of pretty much the same thing. Coming judgment. For Noah was with water. For us, it's with fire. Go back to Hebrews chapter 11. Look at verse 7. That was all introduction. That was all to say this, alright? And don't worry, the introduction is longer than the sermon. Well, I don't know if that's true, but go, go to Hebrews 11. Look at verse 7. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. Now notice what happened when he believed God for what he'd never seen before. When he believed God for coming judgment. By faith, Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. Notice, when he believed, and when he understood that there was a judgment coming, the Bible says that he, notice these words, moved 
with fear and prepared an ark to the, notice this word, saving of his house. See, you got to understand this. When Noah understood that judgment was coming, and that one day every believe, every person on earth was going to be judged by the Almighty God, but there was an escape, there was something that they could put their trust in, that they could get into physically, and escape that judgment. The Bible says Noah did not sit there and say to himself, well, I've got better things to do than go build an ark right now. I just got off of work. I'm kind of tired. I just, you know, not at the building. There's just so much commitment. I mean, good night. The Bible says he moved with fear. And for, to the preparing of an ark, to the saving of his house. Go to Jude, just real quickly. Jude, we were just there. I should have told you to put your finger there. I apologize. Jude, look at verse 22. Jude 22. I got one point tonight, and it's a very simple point. I just want you to get it, and we'll, we'll be done, and we'll move on. Jude 22, the Bible says, And of some have compassion. That word compassion means to love. And of some have compassion. And here we're talking about preaching the gospel, getting people saved. And of some have compassion. You know that when you get saved, and you first get saved, and you first realize that your sins have been forgiven, you first realize that you were on your way to hell, that you were condemned to hell, and maybe you thought, you thought, well, I don't know if I'm going to heaven, I, I hope I'm going to heaven, I think I'm going to heaven, hopefully I make it, and then one day somebody took a Bible and showed you from the Bible how you can know for sure you're on your way to heaven, and, and you believed on that, and put your faith on that, and, you, and that, that fear went away, and you're like, oh, I'm saved! And you know what, what, what immediately happens to many of us when we get saved, is we think, but what about my wife? What about my mom? What about my dad? What about my aunt? What about my cousin? What about people that I, that I love and I have compassion? And the Bible tells us here, and of some have compassion, and we ought to have compassion. And there's people you love and you're boarded for, and you raise your hand on Wednesday night and say, pray for my husband, or pray for my wife, or pray for my grandmother, or pray for my neighbor, or my co-worker. And it says there, and of some have compassion. But you know what? When we go out soul winning... When we go out and knock on doors, and we go out into this community, and we go out into North Potomac and South Potomac, and we go out and knock on people's doors, you know that I don't really know a lot of people we knock doors on for. And to be honest with you, I, 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 I care for them as a human being, but I don't love them and have compassion for them like I do for my son or my daughter or someone I'm related to. But notice, God does not teach us to go soul winning and to preach the gospel to those that we only have compassion for. Notice what he says. And if some have compassion, making a difference. Those are people you want to help. You say, I got a family member. They're struggling. They're in bondage. I want to preach them the gospel. I love them. And I want to make a difference. And praise the Lord for that. But notice verse 23. And others, these are the ones you don't love. These are the ones you don't know. This is the man you've never met. The woman you've never met. And notice what it says. And others save with... Notice this word. Fear. I used to always preach this verse. And I'm not saying it's wrong. But I used to always say, you know, there's nothing wrong with scaring someone into, into heaven. You know, you go tell them that they're going to die and go to hell. And if they only get saved because they're scared, that's fine. And I stand by that. I don't think that's wrong. But when I compare this kind of idea to Noah, when the Bible says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. See, he may have not really loved these people, he may have not really cared, he may have not really known, but he was afraid enough of their destiny that it caused him to move, and it caused him to do something. And the Bible says, And of some have compassion, making a difference. And you say, Well, what if I don't know them? What if I don't 
bonded by the flesh. You say, what, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about this. We have to get to the point where we have so much faith in the fact that there's a coming judgment. Where we have so much faith in the fact that there's a coming, there's coming a day when God is going to destroy this earth. And God is going to judge mankind. And people will get thrown into the lake of fire. We have to have so much faith in believing that, that it motivates us to actually get up and do something. I remember when I met my wife. We were 17 years old. And we, uh, we were working at Subway. We met at Subway. So this, this week when we celebrate our 10-year anniversary, don't tell her, but I'm going to take her to Subway. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if I can get away with it. <laughs> you know, we're working at Subway, and we're young, and uh, my hand reached for the cucumbers, and her hand reached for the cucumber at the same time, you know what I mean? And then we touched, and... No, that's not what happened. <laughs> when I met my wife, you know, we were 17 years old. My wife's smart. She's a smart cookie. She graduated early from high school. I was still in high school. And she graduated early, and she was in her first year of college. And she was uh, taking a, a culture anthropology class. And the secular, she, my wife was raised Catholic. And the secular school system did exactly what the government told her to do. They brainwashed her into not believing in God. Yeah, they right. turned her into an atheist. And when I met my wife, she was an atheist. And, you know, I, I came in and I was a young guy who didn't work on Sundays and didn't work on Wednesdays. And everybody was all okay. Why don't you work on Sundays and why don't you work on Wednesdays? I said, because I told my boss I'm not working on Sundays and I'm not working on Wednesdays. And he gave me the job anyway. Hey, praise God. That's a good lesson for some of you. And, uh, you know, we started talking and I started uh, giving her the gospel and I started explaining to the gospel and she rejected it. She didn't want to hear it. And... I literally probably gave the gospel to my wife a hundred times. I'm not even joking. Just over a period of like three months, I gave her the gospel. Every time we were working, you know, she was closing and she was a female. And the whole reason I was hired is because they wanted to have a guy close with her. And I don't know, I guess they thought I'd defend her or something if someone broke in. And, uh, you know, so we worked every night. Every night we were together. And I, every night I was giving the gospel. And I, you know, after you give the gospel to someone like a hundred times, you know, you start talking about other things too. So we talk about evolution. We talk about creationism. We talk about all sorts of just biblical things. She'd ask me questions about, you you know, you guys believe all these crazy, you, you believe women should do what, and you think that they should wear what, and, and the King James Bible, and, you know, we, I just explained everything to her, we were talking, talking, but I always go back to this thing of the gospel, the gospel, you believe, you gotta get saved. Now, I remember my wife, we, and again, a 17-year-old girl, atheist girl, she understood it, okay, it wasn't that she didn't understand the gospel, she understood the gospel, she could explain the gospel, she could have got, if she was already saved, she could have got somebody else saved, I mean, she understood what I was trying to tell her, but here's what she kept coming back to, she said, I don't know if I believe that, she said, I don't know that I believe in God, I don't know that I believe in heaven and hell, and I remember we were working one night, and I was talking to her, and I was telling her, you gotta get saved, no, don't you, don't you believe that God is real and don't you see that what the Bible says and I, and I was telling her you know if you die right now without accepting Christ as your Savior you're going to go to hell and you're going to spend eternity in hell and I was showing her verses and I was telling her you're, you, hell is a horrible place people burn there and they're in torments there and they never get out and I was explaining to her and I remember my, she, she, you know, she was my wife at the time but she looked at me straight in the eye and I, I, I'll never forget this. Here's an unsaved girl. Doesn't even know she believes the Bible. Doesn't even know she believes in God. And here's what she said to me. She said, if I believe that, she said, I would go up and down these streets warning everyone that would listen. And I remember what she said to me. It just kind of shocked me. Because she didn't even believe in hell at this point. But she understood that if you're warned of God of things not seen as yet, you should move with fear and prepare for the saving of people. 
And you know, I, I, don't, I don't know, but maybe, maybe that's why a month later, a month and a half later, when my wife did get saved, and when she made the choice to go ahead and accept Christ as her Savior, she believed on it. Maybe that's why after she got saved, a week later she was out soul winning. Maybe that's why a week later after her salvation, she was going up and down the streets warning people. Maybe that's why my wife today is just one of the most consistent soul winning uh, people we have in our church. I mean, my wife is getting people saved every week at Verity Baptist. Every woman that goes soul winning in this church has been praying. I mean, just this morning, my, my wife had two converts in church. She got them saved yesterday. She followed yesterday morning. She followed her up with them this evening. She called them this morning. They were here this morning. I mean, she is out getting people saved. And you know, you ladies, the, the, the ladies that spend the most time with my wife are the ones that go out soul winning because she's just training them and teaching them. But here's what I'm trying to say. If we would get to the place where we actually believe, because see, as Christians we'll say this, we'll say, well, I believe in God, and I believe in heaven, and I believe in hell, and I believe in evangelism, and I believe that we should go out, and I believe that we should preach the gospel, and then you say, well, you want to come out soul winning with me? Well, And in belief, we're evangelistic, but in action, we're very Calvinistic. Well, you know, you really expect me? Bible says Noah moved with fear. I like that word move because it means you. Yeah, you ever notice this? Whenever God wants to talk about soul winning, he always uses this word. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. The whole, the, here's the point I'm trying to make. Do you believe that there's coming a day when this world will be judged? Do you believe in a place called hell. Do you believe that one day sinners will stand before God and the books will be open and the book of life will be open and those whose names are not written therein will be kept? Do you believe that? Because if you believe that, it ought to motivate us to go do something. It ought to motivate us to go preach the gospel to somebody. If we believe that, we ought to be motivated and we ought to look at individuals and realize this person, I don't know them. They're not my cousin. They're not my friend. They're not my neighbor. They're not my... I don't know them. But they're soul. And they're going to spend eternity somewhere. And we ought to be motivated to preach the gospel. We ought to be motivated to go. The question is this, do you believe? Because the Bible says, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, paired an ark to the saving of his house. Let me just explain a couple of things in regards to Noah. And, and You know, the Bible says he prepared an ark. And if you're going to go out soul winning, you're going to get people saved, you're going to have to prepare too. You're going to have to take the time to learn and study. You're going to have to get up early on Saturday and be here and go or make time during the week. It takes preparation. It doesn't just happen. Building an ark doesn't just happen. It takes planning. It takes sacrifice. The Bible says he prepared an ark to the saving of his, of his house. Now here's what's interesting. Look, look back at Hebrews 11. And look at verse 7 again. Look at the last part there in the middle. It says, by the which he condemned the world. By the which he condemned the world. And you may be asking, well, what does that mean, he condemned the world? Well, there's a practical answer, and then there's a spiritual answer, and I'll, I'll explain both to you. First of all, you've got to understand this. Go, go to Genesis chapter 3, just real quickly. Genesis chapter number 3, and look at verse 14. Genesis chapter 3, and verse number 14. The Bible says, remember this was at the fall of man. Genesis 3.14 And the Lord said unto the serpent Because thou hast done this Thou art cursed above all cattle And above every beast of the field Upon thy belly shalt thou go And dust shalt thou eat All the days of thy life And I will put enmity between thee and the woman And between thy seed and her seed And it Talking about the seed of the woman It shall bruise thy head And thou shalt bruise his heel God had made a promise All the way back at Adam and Eve That through the seed of the woman 
God was going to bring a Messiah. Satan was going to bruise his heel, but he was going to bruise his head. Okay? So God can't kill everyone on earth. You understand that? Because he's got to have at least one seed that the Messiah is going to come from. And the fact that God goes to Noah and warns him, and Noah built an ark, and there's a place for human beings to be saved during the flood, gave God the opportunity to go ahead and destroy the world. Because if Noah would have been disobedient and said, you know, I'm not going to do it, then, I mean, I'm sure God would have found something else. But he can't just kill everybody because of that promise, okay? So that's the practical reason why it says, uh, by the which he condemned the world. But you know, in soul winning, go, go to Acts chapter number 20. And soul winning, you got to understand, we call it soul winning, but sometimes we, we ought to just call it soul warning. Because all we can do is condemn the world. People say, you guys go out there and tell people they're dying and going to hell. That's exactly what we tell people. That's all Noah could do. Noah, building, he's building this ark, and people would come by and say, Noah, what are you doing? He said, I'm building an ark. Why are you building an ark? Because judgment is coming. What are you talking about? God's going to destroy the earth with a flood, but if you get in this ark, you're going to be saved. And all, look, the mere fact that the ark was there served as a condemnation of the world, and the Bible says he, he built the ark and condemned the world. But he couldn't force people to get in the ark. That was their choice. He couldn't make them come into the ark. That was their choice. All they could do was build the ark. Are you there in Acts chapter 20, verse 31? Paul said this, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to... Here's a key word, Acts 20, 20, 31. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn everyone night and day with tears. Paul said, I ceased not. I did not stop. I did not take a break. I did not take a vacation from going around and warning everyone I could talk to night and day with tears. He said, I didn't. See, Paul, you understand, Paul believed something similar to Noah. That there was coming judgment. And that God was going to destroy the earth. And that people were going to spend eternity in hell. And Noah said, I'm going to warn everyone I can. And look, that's all you and I can do. We go out and we say, hey, there's coming judgment. There's an ark here. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you put your trust in Him, you're going to be saved from the judgment of God. But we can't force anyone. They have to believe. They have to decide. The Holy Spirit works. But you got to understand this. All we can do is condemn the world. But that's our job to do is to warn them. I'm not saying being rude. I'm not saying yelling at people. I'm saying letting people know there's coming judgment. You say, why do you knock on my door? I'm a perfect stranger. I don't know you, but I'm moving with fear because I'm so fearful of the fact that judgment is coming. And I want that. Or do you just want to play church? Show up on Sunday morning, check mark, and then you feel spiritual for us because I showed up to church. God wants us to preach the gospel. And your Christianity means absolutely nothing if you go to church and you wear the right clothes and you do the right things and you even put your for 10% into the offering plate and you let your neighbor die and go to hell and you never warn them and you never go and you never move and you say, I compassion to the people you love but what about those you don't love? Why don't you move with fear? Build an ark. Why don't you prepare? See, Noah, it, it, it's interesting. Go, go back to Hebrews chapter 11. We're done. We're done. Look, I, I want to show you three verses and we'll be done. It's interesting because I don't know if you've noticed this. I think I've mentioned it before, but uh, I might have mentioned it quickly. But we looked at, remember, we, 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 the first character we looked at was Abel. Look at Hebrews 11, look at verse 4. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by the which he obtained witness that he was righteous. We saw the faith of Abel, and what was the faith of Abel? Faith for salvation. His sacrifice... Uh, a sacrificial lamb, which represents the Lord Jesus Christ, was better than the sacrifice that Esau gave, which was his works. 
And by it, he obtained witness that he was righteous. So we learned with Abel that we had the faith of salvation. Last week, we talked about Enoch. And remember, Enoch was translated, verse 5, that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. So we transferred from Abel's faith, which was a salvation faith, to Enoch's faith, which was a walk faith. He walked with God. He pleased God. So we saw the faith of Abel, which is for salvation. We saw the faith of Enoch, which is for sanctification. For living a righteous and a clean life that is pleasing to God. And then tonight we see the faith of Noah, which is a faith for soul winning. For reaching others. This is what God wants us to do with our life. He wants you to get saved. He wants you to please Him. And He wants you to move with fear. But here's a question. Do you believe in the coming judgment? 17-year-old unsafe girl was wise enough to say this, if I believe that. She said, I don't even know that I believe that. I believe that. Walking around telling everybody I did, and guess what she did? Walked around trying to tell everybody she could. Are you a Noah? Are you a Paul? Are you going to move with fear? Or are you, yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe, yeah, I believe it. But our actions are kind of mystic. All right, let somebody else take care. By faith, Noah be moved, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark. Father, Lord, we love you. Thank you for our church. And Lord, I know it's just a, a basic lesson as we continue through the book of uh, the chapter of Hebrews 11. Father, help us not to just get complacent. And help us to realize that the only reason you came to this earth by your own admonition was to seek and to save that which was lost. That's the only reason you came. And when you left, you left us with the ministry of reconciliation. And if we do everything the Bible says and fail to win souls for Christ, we have failed. Because that's the only thing we were left here to do. Otherwise, you just take us to heaven. Lord, help our church to never forget that. Help us to move with fear. Help us to be like Noah. Help us to be like Paul. Help us to, to realize, if, if judgment is real, we should warn everyone. Well, all you're doing is condemning people. That's all we can do is point them to the ark and say, hey, judgment is coming. Father, I pray you'd help us. I pray you'd bless us, Lord. I pray that you'd help us to get motivated for soul winning, for winning souls, for preaching the gospel. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to be faithful and to be uh, consistent, Lord. We love you in your precious name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, let's take...